back. Hour number two of the Bill Michael Show. We are broadcasting live. We are here at the L.A. Convention Center on Radio Row and uh, just enjoying our time here. Kind of like I've been saying all along, it's kind of like a reunion after last year uh, was pretty much dismantled by COVID. And this year it has been uh, a pleasure to get back and see everybody. And and as we had mentioned, we just saw, uh, you know, the... uh, um, the guys from the McAfee show, uh, including A.J. Hawk, who's going to try to make his way over at some point here. And uh, we'll talk with him. But uh, we also want to talk, uh, obviously, there was a glaring weakness for the Green Bay Packers this season. And it was special teams, former special teams coach himself coming out of the NFL, uh, Mike Westoff making the rounds. Mike, how you been? I'm fine, thanks. I'm doing great. So, you know, obviously when we can say let's talk special teams, usually special teams is at its best when you're not talking about special teams, right? Well, in this day and age, maybe so. That's not exactly how I looked at it. Most of my career, I was looking at it when they were talking about us being right at the top. So that's that's the only way I wanted to hear it. Um, when when you get into spe- – now, I, let me ask you this. Is it more coaching or players or the combination thereof? combination thereof and it always is you always have to have certain players because you can have you know you got a, you got a particular player and, and nothing can look very good and he makes it look great I mean that that can and Devin Hester did a little bit of that with Chicago um at one time uh I've been a little bit on the other side of it where I thought we had lots of players that ended up being very successful but I think uh what we were doing uh helped a great deal in that in that aspect of it it, it's a lot more to special teams than just merely saying we need 11 guys on this particular time at this particular moment in time. And then we just think of kicking and return, kicking and return. That's what fans tend to think of. So when you start to game plan, because one thing that Shanahan noticed with the Packers going into the postseason, what there was a vulnerability there and they specifically schemed for that as a special teams coach when you're sitting there, because I don't want to nitpick what Maurice Drayton did or didn't do. But obviously, that became a glaring weakness for the Green Bay Packers. How do you once you get into the season and there's problems? How do you go about fixing those problems? That, that's a that, that's a good question, and and that, and that really maybe doesn't have an answer to it because if you need to get into the season to figure it out, then you're in big trouble. You better figure it out way before that, buddy. <laughs> you're in trouble. Uh, right. You know, when you're when you're the 32nd ranked special teams unit in the NFL, you've got problems all over the board. I mean, you can put you can put all the special teams on a wall and and throw darts with your eyes closed and everything you hit something is screwed up. That's looked like that's what looked like Green Bay looked a little bit to me like. In this day and age, you because of the way the rules have changed, you don't have the variables that you used to have on special teams. You don't have the number of plays. You just don't have them. It's so it's so much more simpler today than the complexities that we dealt with, that I dealt with in my career. Now I'll give I'll give you a number. I'll give you a very specific number. Uh, my first thirty years in the National Football League. 30 years, um, not counting, not counting PATs and field goals, not counting those plays. I averaged 22 plays a game, 22 plays. I mean, that were actual plays, you know, kickoff, kickoff, return, punt, punt, return. My two years with the New Orleans Saints, seven. I went from 22 to seven. Wow. Now, you see, I'm not counting a touch, a ball is kicked for a touchback. I mean, I'm 74. I can run down today, please. You know, it's just different. It's just different. The number of plays are dramatically different. But you can't. Now, seven was with the Saints, which was very low because with Drew Brees, we hardly ever punted, and we were always indoors, so we had, you know, we had a propensity of touchbacks. But 
that number is at least around 10. That it, that, that's, that's, that's really all you have. That, so you yeah. better know what you're doing. Now, with an Aaron Rodgers, you're not a team that's punting a tremendous number of times. And the fact that you get in that situation, you get a punt block, because they isolate your center, they pull your guard out. I just watched it from the end. I didn't watch the tape. I watched it on TV. I could tell what they did. They isolate the center. The personal protector goes the other way, and the guy runs up the middle and blocks the punt. Plus, you've got a punter takes three gigantic steps. I can take that many steps and get across the street to my neighbors. That's ridiculous. So there's a lot of things that they did that were really wrong. You know, did you have to analyze it? You take a look at one thing, you know how you're going to beat these guys. Um, yeah. So you can't let that happen. That cannot happen today. You can't have that. Those basic things have to be executed. And if you can't do that, well, then, then you got to find somebody to get somebody in there knows how to do it. Now, I, I, I know Matt LaFleur said at one point when he was asked about special teams, that's not his forte. So you, what you are as a special teams coach, specifically if you have a head coach that that's not his forte, as stated, it's basically here's your unit, tell us what you need, and go get it done. And they, it, it's something that as a special, as a coordinator, you don't need somebody looking over your shoulder. Ultimately, the head coach is responsible for it, but that's your guys. I mean, you just say, this is what I need, this is what I have to have, and here we go, right? Even Don Shula, all the years I was with Don, uh, never, n- n- never didn't trust me. I-, I ran even with him. I ran it completely with everybody. No one told me what to do. I, I-, I knew it. I just did it. It's my responsibility, and it's up to me to get it done. Now, you have to work within a framework of the team and you know, the personnel and who's going to be active, and you know those things are all, are, all, are all variables that you have to account for. But this is your responsibility, and you've got to know this. You're not going to have, as I said, it's changed so dramatically. The number of key special teams players that I used to have is different from the number you have today or the number I had when I went to New Orleans. And we finished first, not 32nd. Big difference in that outfit you guys had to deal with. Um, but it was fun. You, know, you learn how to do it. You learn how to adjust. You, make, you, know, you adjust with the rules. A lot of stuff I, I personally don't like. You know, I think they've taken a lot of it out, and they've, they've gone overboard. I understand the reasons why. In fact, actually, I was talking to Roger Goodell this past fall. I was at a, the Celebration for Life for Coach Shula in Miami, and I was talking with, with Roger, and he was, he was teasing me a little bit about, you know, Mike, you can't complain about the rules because most of them we change because of you. And I said, well, you're, you might be right about that. And, and he made it pretty clear, and he told a group of people that uh, in the National Football League, this is, this is on the back cover of my book, by the way, in the National Football League, he said, Mike Westoff changed the game. So I kind I kind of like that, but nonetheless, the point is, understand the change, know what you have to do, figure it out. Don't let those kind of things be so devastating to you. You've got to get on top of that. And if you, you know, the good teams are, are, are on top of it. You know, as I said, the variables have have dramatically reduced, but the good teams know how to handle it and they take advantage of those situations and they don't ultimately just get beat. And that's what Green Bay let happen to them. And it's a shame because that's a very good football team that uh, really probably should have won that game. When you look at uh, the kicker, because Mason Crosby has been so solid for them, and then right before the season got underway, they changed punters and changed holders. Then as the season went on, they got rid of one long snapper, brought in a new long snapper. Now, I got into the discussion of rotation of the football on the delivery back to the holder, and, and I understand about the weight distribution of the football when you have to have the, the, the threads pointed straight forward and the reasons as to why and how that can mentally affect the kicker 
is all of this now become so almost sabermetric, so to speak, or is this something that's always been in the nomenclature of special teams? It's a good, it's, a pretty, it's very observant on your part. Pretty good. Um, it's always been a big part of it, but it's been so right now. It's it's really uh, it's really very friendly, and I'll, and I'll give you the reasons. I'll, I'll take you through it real quickly, and I'll ask you a couple of questions. You give me the answer. You know, what's okay. the color of the ball that they're using today in the NFL? It's a much darker ball, almost a black. Thank you, thank you, good man. That's exactly right. Why? Because the ball's buffed up. It's a, it's a friendly ball. That's legal. It's 13 pounds. Everything's legal. It goes. The officials open up six balls for the kicker. Now the balls for the quarterback. Hey, your girlfriend can have them for a week. Nobody cares. As long as you don't take them and adjust it, like Tom Brady was accused of doing. I mean, as long as you just leave it alone. Okay, now, the kicking balls, they buff them up. It's just like you shine shoes. They take a piece of AstroTurf, they put it on a table, they overinflate the ball, and they buff it like you'd shine your shoes. Then they put it back to the right pounds per square inch. So what you have is you have a more pliable ball. When the foot hits it, it constricts around the foot and explodes off. So you've got a good, friendly ball. Not illegal, but a friendly ball. Okay. Last time you saw a bad snap. Not very often. Because right now, you can't line anybody up on the center. So long snappers look like high school phys ed teachers. No disrespect. That's what they are. You can't hit them. So the snaps are nearly all perfect. Now, the real good guys know how to adjust the ball a little bit, and it comes back with the laces almost perfect. But even if it doesn't, we perfected, and I had, I had a lot to do with this, of how to hold. The holder puts his back leg up. When he catches the ball, he brings it back. He takes his inside elbow and drives it in to the inside part of his leg, his thigh, his knee. That puts the ball right down perfectly on the spot. So you almost always have a perfect snap and nearly a perfect hold. How many field goals do you see blocked up the middle anymore? Zero. Hardly ever, Almost almost never, right? Because you can't line up and push the guy. You can't get on the center. You can't use and push off and go over top with leverage. You can't do any of those things. So really, what you've done, you've you've minimized a lot of the rush. So therefore, you've got a, a a situation where you should have a friendly ball, a perfect snap, a perfect hold, and very little pressure. So therefore... You've got an environment that's friendly enough to help the kicker. Now, I'm not, I have no disrespect to the kickers because I think some of them are great. They're big, strong, athletic people. They're really good. You know, when it all started back with like the, the Gogolats, back when you, know, you had kids came out of soccer, they looked like little high school kids. Not now. These guys are good. And you better be making 80% some of your kicks or you've got to find another kicker because all the environment is right for it to be successful. If it's not, now the other thing you have to do is to coach. Sometimes you've got to make it a little tough on these guys. I used to torture some of our guys, and I had great kickers. I had a Lindo Mari, and you know, I, I really had you know, Pro Bowls, Pete Stianovich, you know, kids that were really good. Nick Folk that did a heck of a job. And what I would do, like I'd tell our holders sometimes, don't give them even one hold that's correct. Screw up every hold. Oh, he'd be mad. They'd all be yelling at each other, and I was the one who was doing it. Then at the end, I'd stop and say, you know what? I can lay the ball down flat, and you can make the damn kick if you just hit it right. You've got to do these things. We'd be kicking warming up off the hash. And I'd all of a sudden say, all right, move over here. And I'd move way outside the hash. I'd say, we're going to keep kicking till you hit the right goalpost. Well, next thing you know, they hit the goalpost. 
you have to do this stuff to keep it going, to make it fun. I always, sometimes I would bring out a bucket of water. I'd tell my assistant, I want to soak that ball every single snap, every snap. Well, you wonder why we made a bunch of kicks? That's why. We did these things. Like Will Lux down in New Orleans, he didn't miss anything. He had the highest percentage in the league. These are the kind of things you have to do as a coach. You have to be a little bit creative. And if you're not, then I don't know. Then you end up just being a mediocre guy. Mike, it's it's fantastic to talk to you. I completely appreciate it. Uh, talk a little bit about your book. Um, I'm so proud of it. My whole career, I've always thought that I wanted to chronicleize what I had done. You know, I came in a unique time and place where special teams, and I trust me, when I walked, I was an offensive line guy. You know, and I coached defense in college. With I looked at I know, and all of a sudden here I'm with Frank Cush, and he was going to fire the special teams coach. I said, I don't fire him, Frank. Let me help. I'll take it over. Well, yeah, good luck, Mike. Because I didn't know anything. I didn't. I had a notebook that should have come with crayons the way this guy's notebook. So I started, and I figured it out, and I started writing in my own notebook and putting it together. And then I was in a time where there was zero, and I mean zero, um, variance where really there was almost no creativity. And, but at the same time, there was no regulation. So the stuff that I did, you couldn't do any of it today. I mean, you know, we, so I went and I got our defensive coordinator, Bud Carson, who's one of the best in the history of football. I said, Bud, take me through your perimeters of defense, setting an edge, stacking people, da-da-da-da-da. And I designed my coverage on those perimeters. Well, all of a sudden, we were best, one of the best coverage teams in the league everywhere I was. I said, okay, now how are we going to make a return? I said, well, I'm going to create an offensive running play. I want a double team. I want a trap. I want to set up a wall. I want to set up a wedge. I want to da-da-da-da-da. And that's that's how I got started. And, um, you know, I don't know. I'll, I'll give you a statistic here. I was with the – my years with the New York Jets. I had nine. Nine different guys that led the National Football League in returns. Well, I'll put that up against anybody. I didn't have Devin Hester, but I had nine guys that led the league. I didn't care. Right. We figured it out. They all stole all my stuff. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm cocky about it. I know I am. But it was fun. I had a ball. And I wanted to talk about the guy that came into the league that nobody knew. He wasn't heralded. You know, like when I went out, you can you hear his side of it, not just mine, because we interviewed him. Barry Wilner to help me. I wrote every word, but he conducted the interviews. And you hear Zach Thomas talk about it. I'm the only coach that went out to work him out. When I was there, he was 5'10 and a half, and he weighed 223 pounds. He should go in the Hall of Fame. And I, I drafted him as a special teams player. Yeah, I know. Jimmy was the head coach, but I drafted him. I don't care what Jimmy said. That was my guy. <laughs> and make a long story short, this is the story I wanted to tell. I wanted to talk about these guys that came out of nowhere and drastically and dramatically changed the game. And then all of a sudden, you know, this whole part became very prominent. All of a sudden, they were talking about a special teams coach. Now they're back to the point where the only time they mention his name if he can't figure it out. And that and that's what has changed so much. Um, and it's just changed. But that's what I wanted to write about. And I'm very, very proud of it. I think it's a good story that people will really enjoy. They'll hear these guys. And, and a lot of it is in their language. So it's, it's a little bit X-rated now when you get this book now. This is right there. <laughs> and there I have nothing wrong with that. And pictures, and it's what we actually really did, and what they thought of it, and it just was so much fun to do. It took me two years, 
but I can't tell you how proud I am. And I think people will really enjoy it. And it'll be a fun read. And they're going to, you know, instead of the quarterback, is he going to make 160 million or is he not happy or whatever? No, 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 no. This is the guy that came out of nowhere and how physical we were and how cleanly physical, you know, I I never taught to hit above the shoulder or below the knee, but we'd knock the hell out of you. You play against us. now, (laughs) You're going to, you're going to get smacked. Mike, it's great. It's great stuff. I appreciate all Thank the time, you. all the insight, man. Thank you so much. And I'll tell, make sure people go out and look for it. Mike Westhoff's got a fantastic book out and great knowledge. And we thank you for joining us for a couple of minutes, Mike. Okay, thanks thank so much. Time. Sorry, sorry to go on. Thanks a lot. Bill. No, you no, that's great. okay. I appreciate it so much, okay? Sure. Thank you. Talk, talk to you soon. There you go. That's Mike Westhoff joining us for a couple of minutes on the hotlines, former special teams coach in the NFL. we got some actors coming up next. We're going to do a little Hollywood for you. Stay tuned. we got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show. We are live in the L.A. Convention Center coming up next. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back to the program, the Bill Michael Show. We are broadcasting live. We're in L.A. on Radio Row, getting you ready for Super Bowl 56. Cincinnati and L.A. going to be going at it on Sunday. Cincinnati arrives uh, just about now, as a matter of fact. They should be touching down. And uh, we are joined here at the table, the wide receiver for the Minnesota Vikings, uh, Justin Jefferson, joining us. Mike Clements here alongside as well. How you been, man? I'm doing good. Yeah? Just complaining at all. Should I say you smell good? <laughs> you definitely should have said <laughs> that. we got to plug Old Spice <laughs> for bringing you over. What do you, how did you get hooked up with Old Spice, first of all? Well, first, I've always been a, a fan of Old Spice. Okay. Uh, ever since the funny commercials was coming out. Right. And, oh, yeah. You know, i always always been a fan. So, you know, partner, partnering up with them is definitely, you know, something that I was looking forward to. Okay. They got the gentleman's blend, the body wash. The gentleman's blend. They got the yeah. deodorant, the body wash. Yeah. They have the 48 hours. Okay. The old to free um i mean and we, you're not even reading a, it you just got it down hey and i know me. i know you've got that on the top shelf of your locker oh and we you have it we have it in every, over there bugging all the time we Can have it in every somewhere? shower we have it in every single shower right yeah. everyone so it, it's definitely especially in nfl you know we take a, we take a lot of showers you yeah. know you don't want to be dry skin you get that right yeah, you just moisture. don't want to be nasty Right, right, right. Got, let's, 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 let's call the locker room what it is. You just don't want to be an asshole. Right, let's right. trying to borrow your stuff. <laughs> yeah, hey, that is true, but Justin, you got to have, you gotta have your own little deodorant, though. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so <laughs> don't be sure. <laughs> We're going to get the obvious stuff out of the way that you've been asked all day. Obviously, you played with Joe Burrow. You know Jamar. Uh, you've won a championship together. Is that where your heart is, or are you just kind of sitting back and you got an offensive coordinator who's about to become your head coach on the opposite side? How you look at this game? Oh uh, well, Jamar and Joe, I'm definitely you know excited to see them in the in the Down with Super your guys. Bowl. Yeah, for yeah. sure, for sure. I mean, I played w- in the national championship with them. Uh, I grew connection with them for s- ever since we stepped foot in in, in LSU together. So <sighs> I'm yeah. ready for it. I'm yeah. ready for it. I'm excited to honestly see them go up against well, Jamar go up against Jalen Ramsey. Yeah, I'm excited for that matchup. Uh, I'm excited to see Odell. Uh, in the Super Bowl, he definitely deserves it after yeah. all the things he has been through, all, after the things that he has accomplished in the league. Um, but uh, I'm, I'm excited for this whole this whole game. So, so, Justin, Sunday night though, to see two guys that you were on the practice field with every day. And don't games, remind me. Don't no, no, remind me. But what I want to say is this: when you see them in that, and you know the the nerves they're going to yeah. have, yeah, and in that spotlight. 
what story or anecdote from your time at LSU with those two guys is going to be in your mind as they're in their huddle trying to win a trophy? Oh, well, first of all, them, it being on a big stage is no, that ain't no problem at all. Uh, knowing how Joe is, knowing how he plays, uh, he's going to play just like any other game. He's going to have that confidence. He's going to have that swag, you know, to go out there and keep performing. And then as soon as he come out with that swag, that confidence, everybody around him has the same thing, you know. So I, I'm definitely happy for him. Uh, I mean, he has Jamar. Uh, he has this guy with him. Whenever, you know, things get tough, one-on-one, throw it to Jamar, you know. So I'm excited to see him, Jamar, go up against Jalen Ramsey and see how that how that matchup goes. How do you like, um, I mean, you, you get in, Doc, you've had rivalries. You played, yeah. obviously, at LSU, and yeah. Alabama was everybody's target. Now you come into the NFC North, Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. It's everybody in the North's target. You had a chance to play them. You beat them um, at home. And then you talked about the game over at Lambo. You're not a you're not a cold weather fan. Are you? <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. I'd rather be in the warm and the heat, or at least in the dome. Yeah. Um, but talk about the intensity of the rivalry from the Vikings' perspective and the Vikings' fan perspective. The rivalry is very big, especially against Green Bay. Um, I mean, we have a special hatred for one another. <laughs> uh, I mean, always, it's always been like that. But uh, I mean. It's honestly exciting going. To, it kind of reminds me of an Alabama when LSU you, game. Yeah, when you walk into the league, you don't unless you grew up a fan you of a team. Know. You don't have yeah. an allegiance. Yeah. But when you walk through a locker room, you're expected to hate yeah. them. Yes. Right away. Yes. That's like drilled into you, right? If you're a Viking, you hate Green Bay. Okay. It, it, it just comes along with you. It. You were kind of outspoken about that because the week that Green Bay came to play you guys, you put that out there. Yeah. I remember you yeah. saying that. And then, and son of a gun, that you guys delivered that week. You had so many close games yeah. this year, but that one, you know, you kept Rodgers off the field. Yeah. You had your big plays, yards after the catch, yeah. like 160, 970 yards in that game, 9, 10 catches. But you made those critical plays. You set up. You got the field goal. So, you know, that must be disappointing for you to guys to say, man, we, we could have just done that four or five times this season as the Vikings, right? Right, right. Uh, I never understood, you know, having those games. Sometimes we were playing phenomenal. Uh, we're playing lights out. We're tearing the team up. And then sometimes we and just And that U.S. Bank is rocking, man. What, especially against Green Bay. You yeah. already know how that is. Yeah. So, but, uh, you know, then some games not having energy, not coming out, performing, not executing some plays, um, you know, having turnovers. So that that's when it gets a little frustrating, just that cons- uh, consistency. Just going out there with that, well, my mindset, uh, I'm trying to win every game. I'm trying to go out there, perform my best, uh, put uh, big numbers and, you know, leave out that stadium with a happy smile. That's 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 what I want, especially coming from LSU where I was winning majority of the time. So definitely trying to get back on that, that winning percentage. When you, uh, a head coach is fired, now you've got a new one coming in. Uh, you uh, you weren't there for Ogeron being yeah. fired, but you understand what it's like when a new yeah. coach comes right. in. You got, so now you've got to adjust again. How yeah. tough is it? How much of a learning curve is there when a new guy comes in? And you're talking about a guy now that's supposed to lead this offense right. to a whole different level. Right. How tough is it to get on the same page, and how long does it normally take before you go, oh, okay, now I get what he's trying to do? Yeah, uh, I mean, everybody's a little different. You know, when, when Joe Brady came in, we was cool with him. You know, he, yeah. he was a, a, a player-friendly uh, coach. You know, he 
we enjoyed being around him. And then he came with that uh, that pro style offense. So he put players in the right position to make plays. Uh, putting me, Jamar, and Terrace on the field. That's a three combo that nobody wants to face. Right. And uh, I mean, we just we just work with it from there. So I mean, hopefully he comes in that. He, he's great for the guys. He's great for the team. Uh, I mean, he's he's been doing a f- phenomenal job this year. So uh, seeing the things that he has been doing with Cooper Cup, putting him in different positions to make plays, uh, I'm excited for him. I, I can't right. wait to talk to him more and, and connect with him more. Um, and I, I'm pretty sure he's going to put me in, you know, some great positions to, to get the ball. When you were drafted and you're waiting to find out who's going to take you, was there ever a discussion? Because I know a lot of Packers fans thought, yeah, this guy's starting to fall. This guy might end up in green and gold. Definitely. Uh, you know, just seeing how what uh, Aaron Rodgers said, uh, you know, about him was warning me uh, and to be on the team and everything. Uh, it's an honor. I'm a big fan of Aaron Rodgers. You know, I'm a, I love him at, at quarterback. I play with play with him on Madden all the time or <laughs> <laughs> well, all the time the way he throws on Madden so uh, I, I love him as a, as a QB uh, but yeah it, it would have been crazy uh, to, to be in Green Bay um, but you know just it, it's crazy because if they would have traded I think they would have they would have picked me if yeah. they would have traded with Philly you, you you don't play on the field at the same time then you watch a guy like Devontae Adams there's DeAndre Hopkins, yeah. Adams. There's a couple of guys in the league that people go, those are yeah. the guys right now. Yeah, for sure. You're an ascension. Jamar Chase is an ascension. So when you get a chance to, even though you're on the sideline and you're looking at whatever you're looking at, mm-hmm. do you get a chance to watch a guy and go, damn, that guy's got it? 100%. Yeah. I always, you said Devontae Adams. I'm a, I'm a big, big fan of Devontae Adams. I always watch his releases, watch his, his route running. And, you know, Aaron Rodgers and Adams' connection is unbelievable they have a, a crazy connection that cannot be broken so um to to see that is it, i definitely look look a couple times you yeah. know, at their play calling seeing seeing you know what different routes that he running uh but i mean that's that's guys that i love watching yeah. so I, I definitely pay attention to them all game so if there's sean mcveigh and then matt lafleur breaks off from that and you got Zach Taylor who breaks off yeah. from that, and he's and he's in the damn game this week yeah. with the Bengals, and now you're getting the Rams' offensive coordinator starting in a couple of weeks up in Minnesota. Do you guys anticipate you and Adam anticipate this is going to be that misdirection yeah. kind of offense and yeah. jet sweeps and that kind of thing? Yeah, I think I think I definitely think he will be putting us in better position to to really go down the field and make some some plays. Uh, Delvin at running back, having me and Adam uh, Adam on the outsides. I mean, it's going to be hard to stop. You know, having having a, a run and pass heavy uh, offense. I, I feel like you know we just needed that that person to put us in the right places. Uh, you know, those right schemes and calling the right plays. Tell you what, I know you got to run. Uh, Old Spice has got you here. Spice, uh, Old Spice Gentleman's Blend, deodorants, body washes, crafted to be gentle on the skin, ridiculously long-lasting. Ridiculous. I can smell you from over here. Just in that way. right? Yeah. Just, you will yeah. be smelling me for 48 hours. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you said when Kevin King was covering you, didn't you? <laughs> He's lined up. He's getting ready to go on a quick out. He says, you going to smell me for 48, 48 hours. hours. <laughs> till, you'll be smelling me till Tuesday, 20. <laughs> that's, good, that's good stuff. We're going to go ahead and take a quick break. Justin Jefferson of the Minnesota Vikings for joining us. We'll be back right after this. That's fantastic. 
This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. The Bill Michael Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.